Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Opera After Dark. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Or ask the grinning bobcat why he grinned? Can you sing with all the voices of the mountain? Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? Can you paint with all the colors of the What color did you see, Lauren? What color? What color was it? <laughs> what color was that? It was a clash of colors. Today, so today, colors. today, today, folks, we have a special guest. She has appeared on a number of episodes at Opera After Dark, most famously our super popular <laughs> Star Wars The Opera casting. Star Wars. Star Wars. Um, soon to be screenwriter, mm-hmm. resident of LA, disgusting. Um, <laughs> Lauren yeah. Miller. Hello. Yay. Yay. So we have been, Elspeth, Lauren, and I have been to El Matote for tacos and margaritas. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Delicious. We're ready. Delicious. Which was definitely needed to fuel our discussion today about a very magical thing called synesthesia. And Lauren is our special guest because she possesses this magical power. Mm-hmm. She is synesthetic. I'm a synesthete. It's actually the word. Oh, oh. a synesthete. Yes, synesthete. Nice. So nice. who wants to take a second and give like the textbook definition Well, maybe of we synesthesia? Should, I feel like Kyle, myself, and you, Elspeth, should say what we think synesthesia is, and then Lauren can tell us what it actually is. Just to interject really quickly, there are many, many different forms of synesthesia. Um, some are- Wait, don't tell us yet. Don't no, tell no, us I yet. I won't tell you what they are yet. <laughs> um, some are more common, some are less common. So I technically have three of the most common types. So there are some that I can't <laughs> speak to because I just don't have that experience. There are three of them. Which not is common. Which two. Three. But it's not un- it's not uncommon for people who have synesthesia to have multiple types of synesthesia. You are a hat trick synesthete. I am. I am a definite hat trick synesthete <laughs> for all the hockey fans that are tri- also opera tri- after dark fans. You're oh, the triple threat the many, of many. synesthetes. Many, many. Um, yes. So who wants to go first as to what they think? Well, my is? very enlightened interpretation of synesthesia uh-huh. is when you listen to music and you see colors. So you hear music and for whatever reason, uh, whatever qualities are in the music, it causes you to see different colors or at least associate the sounds with actual colors. We're not even talking like metaphorically. We are talking visible colors is my interpretation. Okay, Naomi. Okay, so similar to that, it is my understanding that synesthesia is something that you are born with where certain cells or things in the brain, I've had a margarita so I can't really articulate myself well, (laughs) they don't fuse properly and as a result, pitches, key signatures, letters, numbers, can all have color associations. And so when you hear music, when you read words, when you see numbers, it is possible that you see like auras or washes of color in your mind's eye, essentially. In your mind's eye. Um, Man, I just want to point out, Lauren, that Naomi said functions not properly. Okay, that is- I I noted, (laughs) I heard. Right, okay, so. I feel like it is something I've always wished I had. So mm-hmm. not properly mm-hmm. is not the right way to say it. It functions differently than how I would say the average person is born and such and as a result you have a particular experience that is that only a very small percentage of the population has. And right, that right. a large percentage of the population that knows about it wishes they had. I am 
busting your chops, Naomi. No, you're your right. Cho- you're right. Your chops. Your chops have been busted. You're right to do so, Elspeth. Elspeth. So, do my, you have anything to add? No, my understanding of it is that um, your brain is uh, rewired differently, um, where your senses are kind of muddled, and that's what causes synesthesia. That's, to my knowledge, what it is. Whether it's um, like identifying colors or sounds or whatever your senses are just they function differently than the average person and that's because of um i guess for lack of a better word a rewiring in your brain that's different than the average mm. person lauren very so, interesting person um, who has this person who has it but i will be honest i have not done it like a ton of scientific research into it um we can talk about how i learned i had it which is actually a really funny story but um synesthesia so you're all you all have all kind of got onto a piece of it, but it's actually a little bit larger. Um, the color and sound is one of the most common ones. It's one of the ones I have. Um, but it's actually a full, it's an intermingling of the senses. So it can be any of the senses. It can include taste. It can include touch. Those are the much more uncommon ones. There are people who taste sound, uh, uh. which is apparently a really uh, interesting experience that I've never had. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who can sort of... Um, I've seen one version of it described as, like, say, if someone touched Naomi, like, I would feel the sensation type of thing. It's like a weird intermingling of touch in that way. So there's there's a lot of different versions. It's basically when your senses are not separate the way that um, the majority of the population's senses are separate. So there's some intermingling in the senses. No one really knows why. There's two prevalent theories, which I can't really explain because I'm not super sciencey um but there's actually a lot of information that you can find out about it so no one quite knows why it happens it appears to be genetic um it happens actually i think a larger percentage of the population than people realize um it's not super super small it's also not super common Um, i didn't even know i didn't know that it existed until we talked about it many episodes ago on this podcast does anyone in your family have it not that i know of um, but it, they're not sure if it has a genetic component. Um, they think it might. They also think it just might not. It might be something that happens um, when you're a fetus. Like they're just right. there's I've a been, lot of curiosity about it because they every like they know it exists, but no one's really sure as to why mm-hmm. or how yet. I what color heard. of music did your mother listen to when you were in the womb? I have no idea <laughs> but i'm sure there was a lot of classical music i'm sure there was okay ah. i'm sure there was a lot of mozart when i was a baby or in the womb mm. right i've been i've read and i've been told from some people that it's something that happens genetic or they believe it happens genetically in utero mm-hmm. where certain genes or certain genetic sequences that are supposed to fuse together fuse together in a different way than expected and so it creates this mingling of the senses and then I have heard from other people that it's something, and this could just be that they didn't realize they had it until they were, you know, several years old. And so sometimes it feels like it's something that can be learned, but then the other Mm. belief is that you need some kind of genetic predisposition for it in order to make those connections. Anyway. There's definitely a lot of um, uh, just unknown about it. And so I didn't actually know I had synesthesia until I was 17. How did you know? How did so you that up? I was in high school and I was taking an AP psych course my senior year. And we were talking about the brain, as you do in psych. I was a psych major in college as well. And, um, you know, we were talking about sort of, for lack of a better word, abnormalities in the brain. And synesthesia is brought up a lot in psych as sort of an interesting thing in the brain. And so there's my teacher telling us about it. And I was literally, I remember I was sitting there going, well, Yeah. What do you mean that? Like, I'm not having realized that wasn't normal because this is just how I have always experienced the world. Mm. And I never talked about it because I kind of assumed that was how everyone experienced the world. <laughs> and so I, I really, I got really upset because I was like, my brain is wrong. And oh, no. I like went up to my teacher after class and I was like, I think I have that thing you were talking about. And she, she told, she was great. And she totally just like calmed me down. She's like, so this is not the first time that someone has been in this class and realized that they had this and it's okay. If there's something wrong with you. <laughs> but yeah, that Except is how. everything awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's how I learned, learned what it was and then learned I had it because I thought that everyone um, experience the world in the same way and experience sound and then um, spatial awareness and then uh, numbers and letters, which are sort of the three that I have um, in that way. 
So can you go into a little bit more detail about the three kinds that you have? Yeah. So, um, so I guess I'll start with the numbers and letters one because I'm pretty sure from what I know that that's the most common one. So um, that is where every letter and number is associated with a color. So all of my, okay. yeah, so it's just, um, and every letter and every number is always those colors. Um, so if you so, look at an alphabet, yeah, it's, it's like a rainbow. It's a super big rainbow. And okay. so like I can look at something that's written and say it's written in like black font. I know it's written in black font. I can see the black font, but I also see the colors of the letters or the numbers as well. Um, Weird. So yeah. So well, it's like it's kind of like you know, a person sees a word that is written, and they see the they are visual. They are seeing the individual letters, but they don't necessarily see the individual letters. They see the word. Yeah, I think it's kind of like that. It's just all colorful. Um, right. So yeah. So then I have I have always had preferences for certain letters, certain numbers, certain names, certain words. Frequently based off the color combination because I don't like words that clash, um, and some what's do. Your f what's your favorite top three favorite letters? Oh, that's so easy. Uh, J, O, and R. Hmm. What what colors are they? So O is a very um, like deep blue. Uh, uh -huh. R is evergreen, and J is I, the best way I can describe J. J is actually my favorite letter. Is it looks like a sunset. Wow. It's like are they, orangey red. It's gorgeous. I love that. So letter. is every letter a different color or yeah. are there repeats? No, I mean there might be different shades. So like A and M are both red, but they're different um, shades of red and like B and E are both orange, but they're different shades of orange. Oh, and so like I, I O and that. U are both blue, they're different shades. So it's like it's that. So you get totally like you get variations on on colors. Okay, I love so that I, B and E connection. You sorry? guys ever listen to Dane Cook? No. 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 Oh, Don't go any sad. further with that. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll let that die. I'll yeah, let it die. Let it die. So, yeah. I was telling Elspeth and Lauren this over dinner that one of my, when I was in college, one of my very good friends has synesthesia, and there was a professor who discovered that like several pianists in the program that were in the program at that time all had synesthesia. And so he was very excited to get them in a room together and talk about the different colors that they saw associated with different pitches and key signatures. And mm. she told me that everyone tends to see different colors associated with different pitches and letters. However, in her experience, every synesthete that she'd ever met associates the letter A and the key signature A with the color red, which I think is just super huh. interesting. Yeah, I've seen, I've heard that too. That's like all synesthetes across the board, like everything might be different, but A is almost universally red. Right. Huh. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. That's bizarre. So what um, about, so for numbers? Yeah. Is there, is, are we just talking like zero, zero through, through nine? nine? Mm-hmm. And then, okay. you know, the What's other the combinations, combinations which so just makes it up. What are the other two that you have? Okay, so there's that one. So then there's um, there's the spatial one, which I didn't realize, again, was, I didn't realize it was a form of synesthesia until I was actually in college and, again, doing psychology and doing a neuroscience class. Um, so this one's a little harder to explain, but it's basically thinking of um, time and, uh, like, time itself as its own uh, visual and then, like, numbers, uh, like, months, days, years, whatever, in space having their own sort of patterns in space. Um, which is how I see it. So like, okay, so I, no one's been able to Do you mean space me as like in the abstract or do you mean like outer space? No, like... I mean space in the abstract. So okay, cool. so I look at say um, uh, one, two, uh, one through nine go on a vertical line up uh, to my left and then 11 through 19 go straight up and then 20 to 29, go left to right, and then we switch around up to 30, 30 to 39, and that's how I count. That's how I see numbers up to 100. So all numbers are placed on some kind of spatial graph or path mm -hmm. and same that you with, can see. Yep, and same with time is also on a thing. And that's partly huh. why I'm such a neurotic person about time, I believe, because I like, like visualize time. So how, is, how does the face clock interact with your your spatial conception of time. It's actually pretty close. Like okay. actually it helps. Um, mm. But yeah, so that's that's one. Same with like months, like I view, um, like months, if I think of like a year, live in a in a visual space in the world. Mm. Um, so that's the, that's the spatial one. And then the one everyone like really cares about, of course, is that 
I see sound. Yeah. Specifically, that's the one we're going to focus right, that's on. That's the one everyone loves, specifically oh. with music, uh-huh. with people's voices as well, but it really comes through the clearest with music. So I see sound. So I guess. Oh to- my gosh. Do you, do you associate a color with any one of our voices? Yeah, you all have color. <sighs> I know. Can you this tell us what our colors are? I know. Are we allowed to do that? We're so vain. Do you guys go first? Do you want okay, this is really cool, so but please this let's like talk about thing. me. No, the first <laughs> thing when I, I am, I'm a very selfish, vain person. I understand that. Um, when the first, when as soon as I found out about this, I think the first question I had for Lauren was like, "What is my voice? What color is my voice?" <laughs> so the interesting thing about that is, I always feel, I always feel a little weird telling people that because voices change and actually mm. colors change sometimes. Like in my perception mm. of them changes. So I just feel a little bad if I'm like, oh, your voice is this color. And then a year later, I'm like, actually, your voice has shifted, and it's now this color, and I hope you just don't hate it. But I feel like it's, mm, it's that's, because... That's in- interesting. Hmm, hmm. Yeah. Voice so what is, shift. What is Kyle's? <laughs> Are you deliberately shifting His your voice? Tenorium. I don't, I don't know. Right. What... <laughs> what, color is, what color is Kyle's speaking voice? Kyle has a yellow voice. Oh, oh, yellow. That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. But like a nice yellow, not like a bad yellow. Yeah, like sunshine. Yeah, like sunshine. Kyle, you are sunshine, though. Yeah. Oh, I feel like that fits your it. personality. It does. Yeah. Stop it. And yellow cool. is Elspeth's favorite color. It is my favorite this color. Favorite and I do color. like you an awful lot. No, yeah. Oh, shucks. <laughs> now, you have to stop there. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get all emotional. Oh, I don't want right. to cry on the podcast. Right, right. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. Naomi would make Unless it's from laughter. <laughs> what is what is the color of Naomi's voice? Uh, Naomi has a very um, vivid green voice. Interesting. Oh. Like kind of, and again, no one can see it, but it's like kind of like the color of Elspeth's water bottle cap. Oh. Which is a very nice. kind of Kelly. Like and Kelly kind of apple green. green. Yeah. Ooh. And That's Elspeth's voice? Elspeth has a red voice. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Is that because mm-hmm. she's type A? You're not really type A. <laughs> I'm a little type A. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, d- what about Elspeth's singing voice compared to her speaking voice? That's a good it question. It still uh, remains within in red, but uh, depending mm. on the pitch she's at, it can it can shift in um, brightness oh, and, would in, make sense. and in color. So people's voices tend to stay within the same like color palette, but like the vividness or the, the brightness or the just anything, paleness, whatever, it'll shift right. uh, oh, different cool. parts of their register. So, so, I so you could... We have so I, many I, questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's say you're listening to like an aria, mm-hmm. like a Mozart aria. Would So you would typically then hear or see a different color based off of the singer and not necessarily the aria. Yeah, so the music okay. as written will usually stay around the same... I mean, unless unless you've got instruments playing, like really playing weirdly. But yeah, the music as written will usually stay kind of the same color, but the singer's voices will uh, will shift. But I have to be honest, usually when I'm listening to music, I'm not distinguishing the different things. Like I'm not sitting there going, oh, the violins are this color and right. the cello's this color and the singer's this color. I'm just kind of letting, letting it happen. I listen to a lot of music with my eyes closed, um, so I don't have to pull in other... Uh, other visuals. So is there a specific genre that you kind of gravitate towards? Um, I mean, I think, I think, honestly, I think it helped me kind of love more classical music because okay. there's such a, I mean, there's obviously it's a huge variety within that, but there's a lot going on musically. Um, you know, I can tell you there are certain like things I avoid, like electronic music. I tend to run away from. Well, that's fair because EDM is terrible. <laughs> I mean, there's that part too. But there, um, there goes our German audience. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I tend to like things with really. Um, I tend to like things with really like like rich sounds, like where there's a lot kind of happening musically, as opposed to more minimalist stuff. Mm. Um, I find minimalist stuff interesting, but uh, there's usually a greater chance of color clash mm, and um when there's less whereas if there's more i don't know maybe it's just there's so much it it just sort of overwhelms it and i kind of like getting overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the color um so then so do yeah. s- specific instruments if you were to listen to them in a solo context have do the timbres of the instruments have colors too they can't i mean i'll be honest yeah. i haven't like sat there and like, right, really sure. like 
charted it out. Mm -hmm. It's more just I'll listen to something and be like, this is pretty, and it's this color, and I like it, and it suits my mood. Mm -hmm. So are there um, classical composers that you gravitate towards and you think that's because I'm not trying to set you up for I, failure. You are setting me up for failure because we've had this argument. We all know where this is going, That's not an argument, people. but like classical composers that you gravitate towards because of the um, the reaction that you have. Yes, I am a Wagner fan and I know Elspeth nice. hates this and we have argued about ooh, this a ooh, lot. Ooh, ooh. Um, I but don't know if there's anyone else, but okay. I, yes, there are other people, but I, I have... I fell in love with Wagner, I think, the first time I ever heard any of his music, because mm -hmm. it, like, I was like, yes, it's all the colors <laughs> happening at once, enfolding me in a warm embrace, and I love it. I think that I'm can so be closely <laughs> described to how a lot of people feel about simply hearing Wagner. Like, yeah. that's, I feel like the people that like mm -hmm. Wagner, that's why they like it. It's just represented in a different way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there a particular opera that you... I mean, really I've like, always been a better. huge fan of the Ring Cycle. Mm -hmm. um, oh, man. My and some of the music in that, I mean, some of the, especially some of the big instrumental moments throughout those four operas. I can, I will just sit, like, when I'm having a bad day, I will just put it on and sit and close my eyes and just watch this really beautiful, like, orchestra of color. Mm. And it's great. It's Lauren, really you should great. write a movie about synesthesia. I feel like mm. people would really <laughs> jump on that. That would be so interesting. Okay, so I'm also not a huge Wagner person, but my hate does not run quite as deep fair. as Elsa. That's fair. Right. But I got to say, at the end of the ring cycle, when the gods ascend to Valhalla, like the first time I heard that, I was like, holy smokes, this is why people love Wagner, right? Yes, like, yes it is. This is the most beautiful <laughs> thing I've ever heard. So... Is that one of those moments where you're like, oh, everything's coming together in this beautiful, mm -hmm. colorful way? I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah. We it's, should listen. We should, we should listen. listen now. Let me see. All right, you want to listen now? It. And um, so, do you recognize that there are specific colors happening while you're watching this, or listening to this rather? Or is it more of like just a wash of all these different things? So, I mean, if you put me in front of, if you like gave me a bunch of um, paint, or something, I could probably just like hmm. paint as I went. I know there are artists who do that. Um, there are visual artists who yeah. paint while listening to music and they paint pieces that are inspired by music color wise. Mm -hmm. um, I could probably a, do that. There's a movie waiting to happen. <laughs> um, but I have to be honest, for me, it just becomes more of a. I, I, I tend not to sit there um, parsing everything I'm listening to. I just mm -hmm. kind of let, like, let it happen to my, to my senses. What color is Jonas Kaufman's voice? I was just gonna ask that because I love him. <laughs> I have to be honest; I don't tend to keep that in my brain. If you played some Kaufman right now, I could tell you that I can do right <laughs> now easily. What kind of Kaufman do we want to listen to? I do have a Valkyrie. Do Valkyrie it. I, I mean, I love. Yeah, I love Kyle, that music. Kyle, you down with that? Sure. Okay. <laughs> So you like rich colors. You like deep I do. colors. I've always I've always liked deep colors in my life in general, and I do I do like them in voices. Um, I actually this is like a terrible story. Um, so, but it's true, and so I'll tell it. So I um, I had a date once with a guy I met on OkCupid, mm -hmm. and you know we like kind of met over the internet type thing, and we we got on the phone before we met. And he started talking, and I was like, oh, no, I can't do this um, because of the color of his voice. <laughs> I was just, and I was, then I was saying, so they're the going. the color was a turnoff? It was a total turnoff. And then I was like, well, I can't, 
like I don't feel like I can break a date and be like, I'm so sorry, but I don't like the color of your voice because that feels like a <laughs> terrible thing to do. So I ended up going on the date anyway. But like from the start, I was like, I can't. Like he was not a bad person. Like he was a lovely person, but I was just like, I, I actually can't be around your voice like in long stretches of time. What color was it? It was, it was this very like sharp orange, and it just didn't work for me. And so I was just like, I can't. I don't care if we like have great compatibility and like we're getting along. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't like an extraordinary date anyway. But I was just like, I can't even think about like getting into a relationship with someone whose voice I just I find visually grating. Yeah. Hey, that's like I could not be in a relationship with somebody who couldn't sing. That would just be Yeah. That would be horrible. The funny thing though is I so I bet if you just told this guy like the actual reason why you didn't want to keep seeing him, either A, he would like understand and he'd be like, "Okay, yeah, I mean, I get it. Well, what can you do?" Or B, B, he would be like, okay, well, she's crazy, so I'm going to move on. It would have been a turn off either way. Right. Yeah. Um, I think crazy is more likely. Yeah, I had two friends. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I had two friends in college, um, one of whom had a very dark, like, maroon voice, and one of whom had a very bright yellow voice. And I literally at one point was like, I actually, you guys can't talk over each other. It's, It's upsetting. Like I like you both. I love you both individually, and you can both talk in the same conversation, but you can't talk at the same time anymore. I actually did tell him that once because I was just like, I can't do it. So, so like if if me and Elspeth are talking at the same time, yours aren't like as diametrically yellow and red. No, yours aren't as diametrically opposed as those two's were. So those are really the hues were just really off. You guys are fine. Like I wouldn't be able to listen to your podcast if this, if this trio didn't work. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And can... Hey, synesthete approved. Opera <laughs> By this seal, seal of approval. Just this one. Right. No. Others. That's true. Oh, but you yeah. and I are like two thirds of the Italian flag. Hey. Hey-o. Have you ever met anyone that has a white voice? No. I don't know what that is. No, <laughs> no are never there any, any extreme. Are numbers that have a whitish or close to white? Yeah, color? white and black. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So like, um, I is very close to white, and actually okay. S is a very pale yellow that's very close to white, mm. and then um, one is white and zero is black, hmm. and then um, T is a very, uh, very like deep dark purple that really edges towards black and if it's depending on what letters it's around it can look a little more black or it can look a little more purple so if we not to make you into a science experiment no, um if we just like list names of famous people can you tell us what color their voice is i again it's just i don't kind of hold you don't that store still. it yeah, yeah I need uh, to, like, it's interesting because of this friend of mine from college who has synesthesia told me that with her particular type of synesthesia, names and mm-hmm. the way that a person spells their name because of the combination of letters has a certain color, yep. which might be totally different from the timbre or sound of their voice. Yep. And so my particular name, the combination of letters had a lot of white and red in it, I think because of the A and the I. And then she said, when you looked at my name in writing, it, like, it all washed together into like pink. Yeah, okay. that's not true of mm. your name for me. For you, it's totally different. <laughs> yeah. so, but then that's interesting. Not that true. The letters of Elspeth's name might be totally different than what the sound of her voice yeah. is mm. to you. Yeah, your names, the only person whose voice color comes close to what their name looks like is Kyle. <gasps> nice. Yeah, your name washes kind of yellow. So, oh, But cool. Naomi, your name is kind of this weird yellow wash with, with red and then this blue stuck in the middle of it. That makes me really happy because um, I love blue. It's the O. It's that beautiful blue O. And then Elspeth's name kind of washes this like orangey pink. Hmm. Ooh, yeah. there. Uh, have any of you guys seen Sherlock, the one with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes. yes. Who are you talking to, Crowd? Know your audience. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. So Lauren, I'm thinking back to the spatial uh, association. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried to like develop anything like a mind palace? Yeah, I call it a library. You have a mind palace? I have, you a, have library. a library. I call, I call it my library. Um, my friend Kasha oh calls it my, my library God. because of the mind palace. 
Um, yeah, no. So my, my... Just really quickly, mm-hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt, but anybody that doesn't watch Sherlock in the BBC version with Benedict Cumberbatch, he has a mind palace that he uses to uh, solve crimes where it's basically like this elaborate memory where he mm-hmm. pictures like an actual physical place and it's where he stores his memories. So Lauren has this, but she calls it a library. Yeah, so I think of it as a library because I literally think of it as an old school library with a card catalog system. And so when I need to find a memory or I need to remember something, I just close my eyes and I look for the right drawer and I go through it until I find the piece of information I need. Wow. I have a really good memory. Um, it's actually something... Do you something... use the Dewey Decimal System? No, I use my own system. I couldn't <laughs> even explain to you. Um, but um, So it's actually something I know is associated with the spatial synesthesia, synesthesia is... Um, uh, people with that tend to have really, really good memories and um, very accurate memories and tend to remember things for a very long time. So I've always had a really good memory. My stepmom refers to me as her external hard drive because when she can't remember something, she just calls me up and then I <laughs> retrieve the piece of information nice. and give it to her. Um, so yeah, I don't think of it as a mind palace that seems super egotistical, um, <laughs> which <laughs> makes sense for palace. sure. But um, I have always thought of it um, since well before that, I mean, ever since I can remember, as just sort of this library that I can go to and I will retrieve pieces of information cool. as I need them. Another I mean, question. I'm not perfect, but, you know. So on the subject of, of people wondering whether or not this is could be a learned thing, do you have strong mm-hmm. opinions either way, Lauren? No. I mean, I, I think there's not enough known. Um, yeah. I know there are people who are like, you can meditate your way to synesthesia. I don't know if that's possible. I also don't know that that's not possible. I mean, I think huh. it would be super cool if people could learn it because most of the people I know who don't have it, who when they learn I have it, the reaction is, oh my God, I wish I had that. You right. know, so I think it'd be super cool if people could learn it. I would be in favor of that. I feel like so- it would be something where, even though, again, I'm not a scientist and I don't know a ton about it, I feel like it does make logical sense to me that when you are very young and your brain is still forming all kinds of synapses and connections that there might be things that you encounter in your life that influence that particular muddling or connection of senses and so the idea that if you're exposed to like letters and numbers with certain colors attached to them in the way that you learn them like you know number cards that are colored in certain ways I could see that maybe there could be an argument that that's one way of learning it because your brain is still forming when you're that young, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. who knows? Yeah, but. so what? a uh, kind of embarrassing connection that I made for myself. Um, yeah, I'll just have to come out with it. So I grew up happening? as a very hungry know. child. I Okay. In that, I like to eat a lot. I, I wasn't going hungry. I was a fat <laughs> kid. Okay, fat kid. That's... Okay. Is is what it is. But anyways, I grew up in Arizona where there's an abundance of Mexican food. Love Mexican food. My favorite restaurant was a very specific Mexican food restaurant that always had mariachi music playing mm-hmm. and still does. Uh, and now when I hear mariachi music, I'm like Pavlov's dog. Like instantly I'm starving when I hear mariachi music. <laughs> that's not embarrassing i'm not even joking though it's actually and it's not even just like oh mexican food sounds good like i should get that sometime soon it is i am hungry like i want to eat and i want to eat that specific food in that moment so that's like this weird learned thing Mm -hmm. it's not really the same as as synesthesia but and another thing that i thought of was like perfect pitch Mm. and how I don't know. It seems like to me, like people get, they work really hard and they have really, 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 really good relative pitch. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I feel like like purely perfect pitch is something that you have or you don't. Actually, there's there's a bunch of correlation between perfect pitch and synesthesia. A bunch mm-hmm. of oh. synesthetes have perfect pitch. I do not. Um, but Is the, that because they can pick the color and sing the color? Yep. Huh. They sing to the that's color. Cool. Yeah. At and least that's, thought, that's how it works. That, that's something that also I learned about in college where when we were in musical skills class, which for those of you who did not have the joy of going through music conservatory, is essentially you learn how to do things like 
your professor taps a rhythm and then you have to notate it. Mm -hmm. And then your professor plays something on the piano and you have to notate it. And you have to use all of like a very small set of set information as clues on how to notate something. And we so we call that ear training. Ear training, yes. Mm -hmm. And so some people learned that they were synesthetic through this process of doing melodic or rhythmic dictation because the assumption was if they were very good at it, oh, you must have perfect pitch. And they would say, well, no, 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 I just, like, I see the color. And that's how, how I know what the pitch is to notate. And so then the professor started to get really, started to get really smart and say, well, I'm going to play it in C major, but you have to notate it in A major. And this would mm. be the thing that revealed if you had both synesthesia and perfect pitch, if you could do it no matter what, right? But then if changing the key that you were hearing it versus what you had to notate it in would throw you off, then it would reveal a like that you had one and not the other, right? So mm. anyway, but then I suppose you could just have really good relative pitch and it would all be fine. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have none of the above. Neither do I. <laughs> I loved your training, so. Oh, <laughs> but I have geez. neither perfect pitch Jeez. or synesthesia. I just have really good relative pitch. Ugh. But so your training was I the worst. I just remember getting into like the fourth semester. We only had to do four semesters of your training, and like the last one was when you're doing like more atonal music mm -hmm. and like twelve tone rows and things like that. Mm -hmm. And just being like, I hate this so much. So there's a question. Is atonal music difficult because of the color clashing? Yes. Hmm. I wanted to know, when you mentioned that earlier, is the color clashing uh, for you, is it like how we see, I shouldn't say we, how generally people that associate colors that clash, is it, it the yeah. same it, with musical? Yeah, I mean, yes, except it's, not static. Um, yeah. The so, interesting thing with yeah. that is that it would kind of imply that, you know, you know like the association association between tonality and, and math, like there are mm -hmm. set intervals uh, that are more appeasing, I, I suppose. So then if, if the same pattern for the intervals matches the same patterns that we see in colors, it would mean that for synesthetes, there's a third element. They're all they're all working together. If that makes sense, I think so. I, it looks like it doesn't make sense. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, I'm a hundred percent with you. Because it's like like the mathematical algorithms match to the colors that are seen, like the algorithms yeah, of pitches. It's like, I mean, maybe the math and the music aren't different enough to to be as impressive. But I like I am intrigued by the fact that that the math and the sound both are are um, appealing in similar ways. So something that makes sense mathematically for most people's ears, if you're not like way into atonality, that's also most appealing. Is what makes sense mathematically is most appealing to the ear. Got you. Mm. So then, okay. in this scenario, then there's a third element where what is most appealing mathematically is most appealing to the ear is most appealing to the eye. It's like all, all together you know, in one. Mm -hmm. All together. Yeah. If that if that makes mm -hmm. sense, and it all works together. Whereas, like, you could have a person. I'm I'm kind of stretching, but you could have a person who dresses really well with appropriate colors, and um, they're also very intellectual and nice to talk to, but the sound of their voice is effing annoying like yeah. really yeah mm -hmm. that is that has happened um, right but but in this scenario it's like all of the things like music that is appealing will generally be mathematically appealing and also visually appealing yeah i mean i like, think it yes though i do think it depends because i think if you talk to different people with synesthesia they they because you see people see things differently mm -hmm. um and it's, I, I guess it's based off of your own preference, right? So Yeah, it's preference. It's also just brain wiring, I think. Yeah. So you like, really know what's going to happen. Apropos of nothing, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm not pretty drunk, but I'm drunkish. Um, it's for strong margaritas. Strong margaritas. Yeah. So are you, like, attracted to certain colors? Like, if a person has a, a specific... No, I'm curious. A specific color to their speaking <laughs> voice, are you just automatically attracted to that? 
know if automatically, but I think when you go into the what the equation of attraction, it definitely right. plays a part. Huh. I mean, yeah. What color? What color is most helpful? Personally, helpful. <laughs> like helpful and in attracting more into you. Like, yes, if people yes, are yes. listening and want to know if I will find their voices attractive, what would it be? I, yeah. I, we said it, I am attracted to deeper colors. Um, gotcha. So I like darker colors. I like dark blues. I like dark greens. I like dark purples. I like dark reds. And I, that's what grays, even, yeah. You hear that, you dark color voice people that don't know that you're yeah. dark color voice people? <laughs> Although, if they, I suppose they could like wear a certain color as a jumping off point. Yeah. yeah. You know, it is true. And they yeah. could make sure they have an O in their name. Yeah, O-R-J. Just make sure of it. Not all together. O-R-J. Not all together, though, because the J, O uh, and R go together like really well, Jorge. but... Yeah, but the J doesn't go as well with the O and the R. So uh, J, like, okay, so when it comes to, like, J's, like, I love the name James, right? That is, oh, my God, that's one of my favorite names, just because it's so visually appealing. It's <laughs> it's red and orange. Like, it's just, if I said a J looks like a sunset, Find then you a J, James. James looks like the rest of the sunset. It's like a full, you know, sky, dusk going down. Huh. It's great. Does um, it but really throw it off if you, if you uh, nickname it to Jamie? <laughs> Jamie also works. It's also really good. It works just cool. as well. But then you, know, you go to the other side, you have a name like um, like Oliver. I love the name Oliver because, again, it's got that strong, uh, beautiful blue O, and then it just flows in this, like, soft yellows and pinks and silver. It's just really pretty. And then it has that great e- R-, R at the end. It's so good. So What about George? George. I love George, actually. George is a really nice. good name. <laughs> Not as good as James, but it's a good one. What about accents? Do accents affect things or no? Not really. Okay. It's really about the, the color. Orson. Orson. I actually. I'm just really, gonna start listing names. <laughs> Orson's Kyle. really pretty. <laughs> names with How with O and R in them. What about Orion? Yeah. Orion is a gorgeous name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why don't wait? Why don't we do this with some music? So I yeah. queued up some Wagner on Yay. my phone. Oh goody. <laughs> Elspeth is thrilled. I'm thrilled. Wagner, we can music nothing but Wagner. We like call it out as you see it, or are there too many colors? Do you really want me to? I mean, it's, it's so complicated. Okay, so this is mostly like, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's like blue and gold. Ooh, regal. And then, and then that's coming in with like this green, and then there's this, that's staying in this like silver gold thing. Yeah, you're just playing in blue and green right now with that gold, silver, bronze up top. That's awesome. Right, and now you've just brought in some of the purple. And that brought in the red of the, yeah. It's just. Oh, wow. Right, and there's that gold back. It's fun watching you do this, too. Like, to... I feel like I can see you seeing the colors. And this is just, there's just so much, I can't even describe it. Like, it's just so much is happening. But it all goes, like... So right there, it actually slightly clashes, but then it resolves itself, so it works really well. It's like there's this sort of color clash in the music, but then it, it melts away and it gets back to cohesive again. That with that big sort of. So, in coming out of that. Oh, it's so pretty though. I don't want to come out. <laughs> so, it's kind of like when you say there's like so many colors, but in a good way. It's kind of like when you're looking at a painting and there's a lot of colors going on, but it's visually appealing as opposed to when. You know, you mix together a lot of paints and it turns into like brownish, (laughs) goopy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And the thing about music is because music's in motion, it means the color's in motion, right? Mm. So nothing's ever fully static. It's just like all kind of happening and in 
I don't even know the best way to describe it because because like waves isn't really I don't think accurate it's just all like the color comes and then it, it changes and then new color comes on top and it just builds and mm-hmm. it's real pretty can I play and something so for, different in, yeah what are you gonna play I have a quick question what ask your question I have a lot of questions do Lauren do you you it sounds like for some people the colors blend together to form like a new you know like red and white will make pink mm-hmm. does that happen for you or do you basic mostly keep them separate um mostly with music they're mostly separate so there's just a lot of color happening at once when I look at like a word I will tend to blend all the individual yeah. colors into like more of a general one so but like musically purple is its own thing rather than being a mix of red and blue yeah it's just cool. like an instrument comes in in purple or instruments come in in different shades of purple sometimes too like when I said like the horns came in purple there were a lot of different shades of purple in that it's just nice it's hard to it's really hard to describe them actually the best way I ever sort of let someone into my head was I did a lighting design class in college and one of our assignments we had to light a piece of music and so I just did it but I did it and I was basically like so I'm lighting this as I see it in my brain like that is the only way I can describe it that's the only intention behind it and um so I did it and it was kind of a crazy lighting design because I had to do so much um moving of colors coming in and out and all this and I really I spent a lot of time on it to really try to visually match what was happening in my head to music but that was that's been to date the best way I've ever sort of gotten people close to what's going in in my head this needs to be a full-on concert production (laughs) yeah (laughs) with lighting design done by Lauren okay so not to like harp on a topic we've already talked about, but an opera that both Elspeth and I love, Bluebeard's Castle. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bluebeard's Castle's good. Apparently Bartok had a whole lighting plan where every door was a different color. And mm. in the original production, the world premiere production, he really wanted lights of specific colors, like lighting up the set. And it was different for every door. So that would be really interesting That's to look really into. Cool. Mm-hmm. If his colors, and I don't know if he was a synesthete or not, but. Yeah. Okay, I have something else queued up. This is Anna Netrebko singing Iolanta, a Tchaikovsky aria. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious because this is one of my favorite arias. <laughs> I mean, that's a very like light pinkish. She has a blue voice. Very pretty, mm. like kind of blue sound color. Turquoise? Like turquoisey, dark turquoisey. You are so excited right now. <laughs> That's my favorite color. <laughs> <laughs> so the music's got this sort of like purpley pinky tones, and then she's overlaying in this turquoise. It's pretty, it's very feminine. Um, it's very pretty though. Oh, okay. it's lovely. Any other requests of things? This is just one of my, I thought of this particular aria, but. When is she, is, isn't that coming back to the Met? Next year. Yeah. Is she singing in it? I don't know. No, I think it's Sonia Yoncheva. Oh, man. Who is it? Sonia Yoncheva. I mean, are there oh, specific singers that you like try and make a point to go see because you love the color or? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think I don't really separate it is the problem. I think mm. I like singers and if I like a singer, I like the color of their voice, sure. you know? Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest, I don't really think about it as terms of separation. Like, as I said, I didn't even know this was a thing until I was 17. I just mm-hmm. assumed this was the normal mm-hmm. way you saw the world. So it took till then to start, like, parsing it out. And so I tend not to in my day-to-day. I mean, sometimes, you know, I'll hear music and be like, like a song, I'll hear a song somewhere, I'll be like, nope, please turn off. And it's just visceral and immediate. I don't want it yeah. in my life. Um, I feel like, like it, yeah, it can be just another sense to add on to what you may already feel like. I'm sh- like Hopefully. for everyone, there are songs that you hear and you're like, God, I hate that. Like turn it off. Yeah. But for you, it's like you hate the sound and you also hate the color. Yeah. Same with liking somebody's voice. You yeah. Know? It's the same. You might just like yeah. their voice. Yeah, but, I've definitely and, been. And so then you like the color. Yeah, That's and I've definitely been way. in situations oh, where I'm wait. like, they have a really pretty color voice, and then they're like not that great a person, but I'm sort of like, it's okay, you can keep talking for a bit. 
Right. I, I'm, I'm enjoying the, the view. Do you want that? In my mind's eye. They're picking a pop song, and I'm really scared. I'm scared. This is, I know one of Elspeth's favorite songs. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm jazz, terrified. Jazz Puccini. No. You know this. Oh, this is a great song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's a very um, goldish yellow voice. Hmm. Um, oh, just like me? Turn no, it's... <laughs> We're actually different shades of yellow. You're actually completely different shades of yellow. Um, <laughs> hers is more like like um like gold, and yours is more like. Turn around, bright eyes. Like that. Expresses a lot of feelings. Your voice goes really well with those instrumentals. Well, thank you. Like, I would like to hear you do karaoke to that song. I know you hate karaoke, but (laughs) your voice on top of those instrumentals would actually um, coordinate incredibly well. Good to know. I told you guys about when I did uh, karaoke with Speedo Green, right? You did. You're best friends now, right? Yeah, best best buds, not really. Okay. He's singing tonight. I have another one. He is? Oh, and Semi Rami Day? <laughs> Noise. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is just another pop song, testing pop songs. <laughs> Do you have anything more contemporary? <laughs> I'm saying all this, like, kind of the synth stuff, I'm not. That's right, huge you don't on. like It's not, like, stuff. terrible, but it's um, it gives everything this really. Um, uh, like vivid edge. Hmm. Okay. That some of this. I mean, that like, song is very like. Um, it's very like, like, bright blue and Kelly Green and like okay. that. But then it has this kind of like sharp edge to it with the synth. Interesting. Okay, I have I have another one. It's not a modern pop song. I'm not the right That's person okay. to ask. I'm about not modern. judging. We need uh-huh. like some Bruno Mars. <laughs> um, Bucket one. Okay, this is an opera excerpt. Just because I'm curious about this particular, if the type of voice affects the color at all. So, I might have to, um, let me. I mean that's um that's another blue voice. I also can recognize David Daniels' voice. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> I know okay. you're Todd who you're playing. Um yeah, it's it's um it's a it's a blue it's not a very it's not a particularly deep blue. It's actually you know what it is? It's um this is not gonna help anyone except me. It's a blue like the color you. Um it's a... Uh, it's a um, <laughs> the color you. It's uh, it's it's like a it's like a it's like a Bright sunny day, color of the sky blue. Hmm. And is that Close. mostly just David Daniels? It's David Daniels. Voice yeah. has always been that. So I love you, David Daniels. David Daniels is a beautiful In voice. Grad school, we used to call it Aria. Thanks for the shade. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of amazing. It's all that oh mighty tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have one ready? You do. A pop song. I do, basically, just, look, everybody loves this song, so let's do this one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, wait, this is the extended version? Yeah, this is the extended version. let me find what the answer is. It is sad that we all knew that that was the extended version. A minute into this. (laughs) One minute. It's one minute before they start singing. Yeah, because it's the extended version. I mean, they, they, I don't know, it's a blend of colors. It all goes together, which is good. This is one dude, right? No, this is all of them. No, that's all of them. It all goes. 
There's a lot of yellow in there too, right? 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 <laughs> no. No. There's not actually. There's a lot of um. It's it's a very green and orange song. Um, Kyle, you're trying to be a faux sinister. Yeah. Also, fun fact. No, I'm I trying to be a Backstreet Boy in concert. When you were a kid, or like? No, when I was like 13, okay. like at the appropriate age okay, to okay. see the Backstreet Boys in concert, not like last year. Well, you can no. see that. <laughs> no, no, I was in Vegas. What are you talking about? I was in Vegas last year. Um, I spent a night there before going to the Grand Canyon, and they had their show in Vegas at that point, and they really considered um, trying to buy a ticket you to go. No, it's because I had to get up at three in the morning to leave oh. for this trip to the Grand mm. Canyon, and it seemed like I a love really the Boys. bad idea to start a seven-day camping trip with no sleep to see the Backstreet Boys. Everybody. So I, didn't. Yeah. I think before this devolves even further into let's just play music and <laughs> Lauren's gonna tell us what color it is, we should probably wrap it up. Put an end to this mm. very scientific I, I episode of very scientific. One more super nerdy music person question. Obviously, equal temperament tuning is a big part of Western classical music. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever found it difficult? Or is it part of kind of how you're conditioned that if you hear orchestras or people singing or playing with slightly different tuning systems, like that are not equal temperament, maybe like quarter common mean tone or something, Baroque tuning, does that, can you see that in the colors? I mean, it definitely changes the um, the whole makeup of something. I actually don't love Baroque tuning, to be honest with you. I never have. Um, partly because I just don't really love how it looks a lot of the time. Okay. Kind of right. gives it a different shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, it really, it just depends on the piece of music, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really, it's so, it's totally subjective. There's right. no, there's no rhyme or reason to any of this. It's just what my brain is, like, firing off. Um, so, I don't have a great answer for you. Other than Wagner, is there another favorite composer of opera? Uh, Mozart. Nice. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> um, one of those other ones that I really liked, and I know everyone just acknowledges this is this is just purely a gorgeous piece of music. I think everyone knows it, but um, the end of Figaro, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I know, and I know you love that. Um, but that that yeah, that final music about forgiveness um, mm-hmm. that is also visually one of my favorite things to just if I'm having a bad day. Turn on my headphones, close my eyes, and just let it wash. She shouldn't. No, she shouldn't. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll listen to that going out. Play out, play out to that. Uh, Lauren, thanks for stopping by and doing this for us Thank before you, so you leave the East Coast. And Thank you for having me. Go to the West. Yeah. We'll see you uh, on the Oscars, right? No. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Betray no. us all. No. What a betray? It's not a betrayal. <laughs> oh my God. The, the, the Screenwriters Guild. The SAG Awards. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> MTV yeah. Movie nice Awards. Saggy. No. You guys have, have far, far greater aspirations than I do. <laughs> we believe in you. Oh. I appreciate it. <laughs> the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you so much, everybody that's listening. You can check us out on Twitter, on Facebook, our website. If, mm. if, if by you listening, have synesthesia, let us know yeah, what some of your know. favorite music is because of the colors that you might yes, see. Or spatial associations you might have. I'm hopeful that somebody will have listened to this and discovered that they have synesthesia because they listened to this episode. <gasps> that would be so cool. People's lives. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right. Well, next week we're going to be doing something that sounds a little green. So uh, yes. I look forward to it. Yes. Yeah. Make sure you you come back for that. And in the meantime, I'm Kyle. I'm Naomi. I'm Elspeth. And I'm Lauren. And thank you for listening to Opera After Dark. Bye. 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 Bye.